This podcast episode is brought to you by Uncaged with RobinAnn.com, where virtuous women dominate in purpose, passion, and purity. Tired of being sabotaged by perfectionism and procrastination? Finding it hard to focus on one thing long enough to make real progress? Ready to do whatever it takes to get that passion project done? Then the Women Who Finish 40-Day Devotional Book is for you. In this book, Robin Ann coaches you through mindset shifts to fulfill God's call in your life and truly harness your ability to finish what you start instead of feeling stuck and frustrated with where you are. Get your devotional book now at robinann.com forward slash IG. upgrading your career may include finally taking that leap with that passion project and starting a business with it. In this episode, we're talking about the legal side of business startup. You know, a basic fact I've realized on my own entrepreneurship journey is that we are perfectly inadequate. In other words, you cannot know everything that you need to know. And so what you've got to do is find other professionals that can help you. My encouragement is if you're thinking about starting a business, Do yourself a favor, consult with an attorney to help you navigate the risks involved and how to protect yourself. Here's Camila Jolly of Jolly Esquire. All right, Camila, welcome, welcome, welcome to the She Ventures Now podcast. So glad to have you. I am super glad to be here. (laughs) Perfect. I really want to thank you in advance because I know that you're super busy and I know, I believe Saturday is a working day for you, is it? It's unofficially a working day. <laughs> um, but yet and still you're here. And I really appreciate you on behalf of the podcast listeners, um, because I know that you're going to be giving some great, great nuggets of wisdom, advice, and pieces of your story and your expertise on being legally set up, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so before we get started, I would love for you to just introduce yourself and tell us sort of your professional bio. So okay. Everyone can know who you are and what you're about. Okay. So I am Camila Jolly and I am the founding attorney of Jolly Esquire. Um, I, my firm has been in operation since about June, 2008. Um, I've always worked with business owners, but I decided to exclusively focus on startup business and trademarks um, probably about five years ago, but I'm actually doing it now. Like it was just a, oh, I'm going to do this and I was doing it, but that wasn't my focus. And now I'm actively seeking to help business owners get themselves together legally. So. Awesome. That's awesome. And that's funny because that speaks to even how we met. Um, I met you because you were a panelist at the Urban League of Fort Lauderdale, Broward County's Urban League um, Minority Business Empowerment Expo. Yes. Yes. And you were a panelist. You were up there. You were just like giving, dropping knowledge, just like letting everyone know. Listen, this is not what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Know that you guys really trying to get your business started up, but please, please see why. Yes. Please, (laughs) you don't do anything else. Do that one thing, that one thing. And I really, I appreciated your approach because I feel like you have that 
um, resident subject matter expert. Of course, you're a lawyer. Of course, you're established. But you felt like home. Like you felt like family. You felt like this is somebody I went to high school with who was like telling me to make sure you yes. have stuff together. So. Yes. And I think as business owners, a lot of time it's difficult for us to kind of find um, how we want to be in business. Right. And I am who I am. So my business is an extension of that. And my goal is to make everyone comfortable and to help them understand you can do this. It's not complicated. It yeah. is, but it's not like going to break it down as simply as possible so you can do it because the whole point is you're in business to create wealth for your family. So if it's not done the right way, then you're not creating the wealth and then you have to work and do all of these other things. And that's not working smart. And if you're going to work hard, work smart. Like, I love it. I love it. So let's unpack some of this stuff because I have some questions I want to attack right now, um, okay. but I want to get to some of the things you just brought up in that last statement. First okay. of all, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your journey of how you even started your own business, right? Because, you know, being a lawyer is not just about having this degree behind your name and then, no. <laughs> you know, so like talk about that. So I ended up, I always knew that I was going to have my own business, but I did not want a law business because what we have to do as lawyers, the restrictions that we have on a lot of things and all of our, you know, compliance and all of that wonderful stuff. So I was like, yeah, I know I want to be a business owner, but not a legal business. Um, now I ended up <laughs> a business owner because of the two jobs that I had. Um, the first one, I worked for the unemployment office as a hearing adjudicator. So I basically listened to people all day tell me about their horrible experiences and why they needed money because they couldn't work anymore. They just got laid off and I had to tell them no. Like that was a soul crushing job. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> so then I left that and I went to work at a law firm. And at the time, I had a lot of friends who were starting up firms and I'm always been into business and tech so I was like you need to do this you need to do this to start your firm you can do this you can do that and this is these are all the things that you can do and then I would go to work every day and work for a guy where I was basically doing all the work getting all of the clients so I literally prayed on a Thursday I was like Lord on a Thursday <laughs> on a Thursday <laughs> on a Thursday <laughs> like Lord I want to have my own business. I've literally helped everybody else that I know start their firms and their firms are doing well. If I can help them, I can help me. So this is what I want to do. That is a quote. Can I just say that? Pause for a second. Yes. <laughs> I can help them. I can help me. I don't know. I just thought it was beautiful. Good. So I literally was like, all right, God, this is what I want to do, but I'm not stupid enough to quit my job. So if I am supposed to have my own law firm, Right. You are going to have to push me out there. Yeah. So I went to work on Friday, business as usual. I went to work on Saturday um, because I was scheduled to work that Saturday. Nobody showed up. <laughs> None of the appointments showed. So I took that time to kind of familiarize myself with some of the firm things. And I literally copied some of the files, not to steal them, but so I could work from home. Monday I came in and he was like, you know what? It's not really a good fit. The numbers really aren't working out. And I was like, okay, Jesus. <laughs> the Lord okay. literally, literally you out. Yes. And it's because <laughs> I asked with the right heart. And right that has happened to me. That has happened to me. So, Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. So I was like, all right. Okay. And bam. That was it. <laughs> 
So literally you kind of have a very, very compelling story because a lot of times people are, and so there's, I mean, there's, I want to say there's two kinds of people, but sometimes we're waiting on signs yes. to start something that's already started in our hearts, but right. we do need a confirmation. We need something to happen. And oftentimes it's that termination of a, of a, of a gig, right? It's, right. It can be that thing, but right. it's already in you. It was already in me and I wanted to do it. So it's one of those things like now as a business owner and entrepreneur dealing with people, a lot of times seeking that external confirmation is literally looking for permission to do what we want to do. Right. That's good. That was a great way of wording it as well. So it's, it's one of those things like now that I recognize that it's kind of like I understand, okay, I don't really need permission. As long as I know it's in me, that's that desire is in me to act on it. That is all the permission that I need. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So let's dive into sort of your expertise, right? Right. So go ahead and tell us like maybe one or two hot topic issues that you encounter with the clients you serve or maybe an organization you serve, whatever, that you really bring um, value to. So as a startup business attorney, I deal with a lot of people who have these concepts of how or what they want to do. And I can literally help them translate into legal terms what it is exactly that they want to do. Because I'll hear people and they're like, okay, I think I want to do that. And I was like, oh, so you want to do this, this, and this. And they're like, oh my God, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. And I was like, yeah, I know. This is what, this is what I'm supposed to do is to help you know that. So, and how to explain it to people, because a lot of times it's the legal terminology that get people messed up. Mm-hmm. It's like they're saying the right things, but in the wrong way or the wrong things in the right way. So I help kind of put the puzzle piece together. Right. And how does that, um, what is the opportunity cost when people don't have your service or don't have their legal? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Again, I think it helps to talk about the bad news. Yes. So that people can see, well, this is why on the front end, this is why when you actually do a business plan and do the financials for your startup costs, you have a nice little line item for legal consultation. Yes. Right. So So, go ahead and talk about that because I think it helps for people to mentally hear it, but then feel it. So in addition to the fact that legal fees for business are tax deductible, (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's one of those things where it... I've seen partnerships, friendships, marriages, all of these things get just explode because they didn't have the legal foundation together. I've also seen people lose out on like hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars because their legal stuff wasn't together. And it's the thing is, if you get set up properly in the beginning, it's so much easier to maintain than to go and do all of these things and then have an issue. And then you're trying to spend all of this money to fix the issue. Is there one issue that you can like talk about maybe just on a a very case study level, like, Hey guys, this is one thing that happened, you know, a trademark or Mm. a copyright, just the intellectual property stuff. I've seen so many people build these awesome brands. Right. And they're literally building a brand that is trademarked by someone else. So then they now have to turn over all of this goodwill, this energy, this client base, these funds, the money. They actually have to turn over the money that they made 
to yeah. the people who actually owned the brand because they didn't trademark it or they didn't research it ahead of time before they, you know, started using it. And then they have to start all over from scratch. Now, is that beyond like maybe a superficial search on Sundays on like a legal name? It is. <laughs> okay, this is helpful. This is helpful yeah, because is. I didn't know that. Right. And it is because people only for the business name for Sundays, yes, that, that is sufficient. But a lot of times people do a DBA. So you would also need to look under fictitious names and then nationally as well, because there are a lot of things that are trademarked with yeah. the USPTO that people don't think to check. And it's one of those things where um, it's not just like, it's literally not just um, the exact trademark as well. It's anything that can be confused. Wow. So, right. So a lot of people don't know that. Like there are some instances where it's completely separate. Like if there's Starbucks coffee and like Starbucks medical devices, the likelihood of them getting confused is very slim because they're two different products. Right. But if it's Starbucks coffee and then Starbucks hot cocoa, no, that's not happening. <laughs> that's not going to happen. What did the hot cocoa company do? Okay. Right. No, that's good. That is really good. So it's just little things like that that people are like, oh, you know, maybe I should check the surround. No. People don't think about those kind of things. And as a lawyer, like, that's my job. It's my job to protect you. So I, that, that, that is the one thing. Make sure you have your business legally set up. And then please trademark your business or brand name. It doesn't okay. have to be the business name, but the brand name. So the brand name, can you talk about the difference between the business name and the brand name? Right. So there's a lot of people who um, have a business, like, say it's, ABC widgets. That's the name of the business. But the brand is more so like, what's the Hydrangea flowers, you know, like something like that. So your business name is not necessarily what you want to trademark. You want to trademark the name that, um, if it's your DBA, your or fictitious name, or if it's something that is, when people think of it, they think of your, like, just do it. People think just do it and think Nike. That's trademark. That makes sense. That makes right, sense. So, that that totally, totally uh, people can totally relate to like the need now to tr to make sure that everything is covered underneath their yes. property. That's right. Good. Yeah. What are some aha moments that you've experienced? I, I would say personally and professionally, because mm -hmm. you went through your own startup. Right. Also, I think along your professional journey of delivering value to clients, how have you re re realized like wait, I can do a better job of explaining my value and some aha moments of, of you translating your value to others. Make sense? Yes. I think um, when I start breaking things down in terms of the kind of money that people are missing out on because their businesses aren't legally set up, I, like for me, my business name is Jolly Esquire. That's also my brand name, Jolly Esquire. And I try and be an actual happy attorney, right? Nice. Right. It's not nice. people think of. But in the future, when I want to um, build out my brand more and say I want Jolly Esquires in California, I don't have to actually go to California and open a business, right? Mm. I can work with someone and license my name out for that purpose. That's an attorney's office. And it's those little kind of things that people don't think of. So when I explain it in terms of dollars and cents, 
-hmm. Like a lot of designers have these awesome designs. They're not copywritten, right? So they can take those copywritten designs and license them to other people to put them on other products. They don't have to do anything. Nice. But they're still making money. So it's an opportunity for people to have passive income. And when you look at it like that, it's like, well, so you mean I could just do this once and then get paid a percentage on it for the rest of my life or for however long the contract is? Wow. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> that's why it's important. That's why. That's why. Right. So. That's so good. <laughs> So, you know, little things like that is, is what I try and help people to understand. Because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, that mind, that literally that mindset of it's not just you. You're a business now. My favorite quote, Jay Z, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business, comma, man. Grammar matters. So, like, that phrase is so powerful because when you Is that off his latest album? Hmm? Was that off his latest album? No. No, that's a couple albums back. Okay. But when you think about that, it, it matters. It's true. You think of yourself in that way. It, it, it helps to make a lot of things easier. I love it. I love it. I appreciate that. All right. So now we're entering into rapid fire questions. And it's just okay. succinct answers to pretty commonplace questions I think a lot of startups encounter, right? Okay. So the first one is in your profession, I think we kind of covered this, but I'll cover it again just as a, a rapid fire question. In your profession, what's the number one thing people are forgetting in business planning? Because I'm guessing people are showing you their business plan. Oh, no. Yes, um, to actually do the numbers. Wow. Do you mean from a, like a sales and financial pro forma standpoint? Or sorry, two things. Financial pro forma, right? Right. Do you feel like people don't do that? No, they don't. They're kind of like, Weird. They, they under budget. They yeah. under budget. That and makes sense. It was like, no, no, whatever you think you need, double it. Well, how much do you, okay. And I'm a little bit of a spreadsheet junkie. I just finished a master's in real estate development, which oh. had me learning a lot about real estate analysis and financials, right? Because it's right. part of the go, no go of building a property or building right. or redeveloping a property. Right. Pretty pivotal for me personally and professionally to learn that skill. What kind of adjustment would you say, as a lawyer, in your experience, mm -hmm. someone needs to make from their original pro forma? Is it 30%, 50%? Would you say? At least 25. At least. Pretty good. Okay. At least. And it's one of those things, if you can do 50, that's ideal. But that's right. not realistic for everybody, but at least 25. That's actually really cool. Yeah. A lot of people don't, they don't realize it. Like, it's, you think it costs one thing, but it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Good. You were the second person that I've interviewed who's an expert in business startup who has said people, she said sales, but what she was also saying is numbers too. Numbers. Yeah. Are not, they're not really unpacking that. No, it is crucial. Yeah. It's crucial. Very, very true. Number two, in your opinion, professional mm -hmm. opinion, if business operations and branding were in a boxing match, who would win? Business operations, hands down. Tell me. Okay. Because business operations is branding. Like people don't look at it nice. that way. But that's really what it is. Like how people feel after they come to you. And that's all something that you handle in your business operations. How people, um, how people answer the phone, how they say goodbye, their email. Like all of that is branding. It's 
your everything you do in business operations is your brand. Nice. Love it. Number three, what's the biggest mental block that you perceive? And this is even like you outside of your specific um, service, Mm -hmm. sort of your insight into the industry of startup. What do you think is the biggest mental block emerging entrepreneurs need to overcome? Um, if I had, cause there's a couple, mm-hmm. but if I have to pick one is you don't need permission from your friends and family to actually do it. If you have the desire, do it. Nice. That's the biggest one because I think that's what holds a lot of people back. They're like, what, what is such and such going to think? Or this is what I really want to do. This is what I want to do. I love it. I feel like it's my purpose, but I'm scared. Just do it. I want to unpack that, even though this is a rapid fire question, because I think it's good to unpack like these mental blocks. Yes. When you say we're waiting for permission, I'm thinking about ways in which that has hindered me. Right. And, and I want you to kind of give even maybe ways in which you waited for permission. Like, what are we actually waiting for? Like, what are we waiting for? Did we, do we, I think in times past, I've been waiting for someone to create a role that was my ultimate, like, dream role. Right. Make me feel paid and valued as, like, the next best thing in such and such. Right. My brother and I have had conversations about this, and it wasn't until he said, I was like, oh, man, this is why you're so smart. This is why you're my brother. But, um, <laughs> so the idea of um, this is when people are creating roles or they're, they're looking for things to do, they have a desire, but a lot of times what you want is not going to be there yet. So you have to create it. Right. So a lot of times in looking for um, looking for that role to be filled or looking outside of yourself and saying, Hey, okay, this is what I want to do, but I don't see anybody else doing it. A lot of times we wait for someone else to say, Hey, it's okay to do that. But in saying, Hey, it's okay to do that. We're really wanting someone to say, Hey, this is what you want here on the platter, but you're never going to get it that way. So you have to go and make it. And in making it, that's where all of that confirmation comes from. Yeah. Yeah. You hit it on the nail. You hit it on the nail for sure. Um, Number four, do you think there's a threshold before starting a second business? Yes. Mm-hmm. When your biz, your first business is actually somewhat stable, and when I say somewhat stable, as in you can kind of step outside the business and it still functions, right? Then you can go start a second business, right? And I would, it's, it sounds like you're even saying past. Obviously, the bar of profitability is very low on the threshold, right? About after you've gotten systems automated and yes, at that point you can step away. I really put that question in there because as I'm talking to experts about business startup, I think what we're going to be tackling, and I think you probably see this in your clients, there's a lot of creative, um, there's a lot of creative entrepreneurs who are starting a lot of things at different at the same time. At the same time. And I think somewhere in our minds, and I even lump myself in that, and I've learned to focus, is we think we can tackle things to the level of quality that we need to bring to bear to the market. And we can't, no, no, can't be like six figure, seven figure profitable and automated and have assured quality being delivered to your clients and then think that you're going to do that three other way, like two other, no, no, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. (laughs) It's not how it works at all. Like not even a little bit. 
It's not realistic. It's not, it's not human. No, it's not human. So it's like, you have to be able to focus on one thing at a time. So um, when you're starting out, I always say done is better than perfect. I forgot where I heard it, but it's true. Done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. But what happens is once you do it, you can always refine and perfect it. So you go, you get everything started, you fix, you, you know, you adjust. And then when that is functioning without you in it, then you can kind of step aside, wait for a little bit to make sure it doesn't break down. Right. And then start on something else. But then you still have to come back and readjust. It's a process. It's yeah. growth. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 I love it. All right. Next question is great customer service. According to Jolly Esquire is. Um, making sure my clients are comfortable. That is a huge thing for me because I'm very much a go where you are the most comfortable or go with the service provider who makes you the most comfortable and not comfortable. Like, um, you feel comfortable, but comfortable also, and you can trust them comfortable. Cause a lot of people will make you feel comfortable. You're like, okay, this feels nice, but I don't really know. Like, okay, I'm just going to do this cause I like everything. It looks good, but they don't really trust the service provider. Right. So it's like a dual level the personality and the professionalism. I like that. I like that a lot. I like the way you explained it. Number six, what's your personal philosophy on sales? So um, I'm very much a sell without selling kind of person. Like my personality is you either want it or you don't. And I think a lot of people now don't approach sales in that way. Um, They kind of lead you along the path of sales. And I think that's specific to my industry though. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people know that they need legal services. <laughs> I'm sure right. you, you come across that all the time. Right. right, like they know that they need it. For me, it's mainly just getting them to understand why I'm the service provider for them. And it's kind of like, if you meet me, you either like me or you don't. Mm-hmm. So if you like me, then we can probably work together. If you don't, then we're not going to work together. Right. Absolutely. Right. No, but I, for product-based businesses, you absolutely have to sell. And it's not like a short sell. It's a long sell. So, like, you have to integrate your what your product is and have someone else see it in their lifestyle before you can actually sell it to them. Nice. I love it. Number seven, what book would you recommend to the She Ventures tribe and why? Um, I think... Who moved my cheese? It's an oldie, but a goodie. Oh, wow. That's classic. Yeah. Classic for sure. (laughs) Right. Because a lot of people don't like growth. You always have to continue growing. And a lot of people get to a certain place, get comfortable. and They're like, okay, I'm done. No, your cheese is going to move. You got to go find it. So who moved my cheese? Love it. I love it. And then the last question is this. Uh, can you let everyone know who's listening where it is that they can learn more about who you are and your brand and services? Okay, so Jolly Esquire, J-O-L-L-Y-E-S-Q-U-I-R-E on everything. Snapchat, but I don't snap. So (laughs) I will tell you that now. But like Instagram, Facebook, and my website is jollyesquire.com. And I'm adding more about me (laughs) on my website. Yeah. I think that's important for people to know. But yeah, everything that I do, um, it's jollyesquire.com. Perfect. Camila, thank you so much for your time. I thought you gave such excellent advice and stories and really 
podcast episode has been brought to you by People's Insurance Services, where protecting is caring. If you're looking for competitive rates for your auto, home, or commercial insurance needs in Florida, call 954-733-8500. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed this episode, please take the time to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher.